Hey there, amplifiers. If you haven't heard, there is a storm getting ready to happen. For a while before this past year, this pandemic has really rocked the foundations of pretty much everyone on the planet. And now something is getting ready to change. See, the government kind of put some halting on the IRS, taking some actions, and they're getting ready to turn the faucet back on. So there's a lot of people who are going to get some rude awakenings. And I don't mean this to scare you. I mean, I want you to be aware. I want you to be informed. And I want you to know which actions you could take so you can be proactive and avoid some of the challenges. And our guest today is an expert when it comes to uh, taxes and resolving tax issues. He's the CEO and founder of IRS Trouble Solvers. Trouble, trouble Solvers. LLC, an organization helping individuals and businesses with wage garnishments, tax liens, delinquent tax returns, advisory bankruptcy services, and more. And Ben is passionate about helping people that find themselves in the scary situation of owing the IRS money um, and helping them find peace, protection, and prosperity. So welcome to Growth Amplifiers, Ben. Thank you for having me today, Kenny. I appreciate and, it. Thank you for not laughing too hard as I stumbled through your, your company name. That is IRS Trouble Solvers, LLC. I don't, no I don't, problem whatsoever. A little bit of a tongue twister there, right? Like trouble topic. What? Mouth. <laughs> right. I love it when you can't even get it on the second try. You're like, seriously? <laughs> English. Yeah. Herkdon Phonics worked for me. All right. So I set the stage and, and Ben, I appreciate you. you you for coming on here and sharing some insights, but tell us, give us a little bit of explanation of what's been going on and what you see is getting ready to happen. Yeah. So because of the coronavirus and everything that's happened with the economy, the IRS took a couple steps back. They stopped all of the automation uh, in the, the notices and letters that come out to people. They stopped the automated levy uh, liens. Uh, if you owe money, the IRS is going to lien you to protect their position. Uh, they stopped automated levies, meaning uh, if you owe them money, they're going to freeze your bank account or just take the money out of your account. To That way they can get paid. They stopped a lot of these different um, tactics that they use in order to collect taxes from individuals that they think owe money, right? So uh, when the stimulus payments first started coming out, the IRS started grabbing a few of those and saying, oh, well, you've got stimulus money. We're just going to take it. And the administration at that time said, no, 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 we're not going to let you take that. That's meant to help them in challenging times. So the administration at that time said, OK, we're going to stop uh, the IRS from collecting and taking this um, this money. And then uh, when the new administration came in, they also said, we're not going to let you, IRS, take this money. Okay. So um, uh, that was something that old administration, new administration did in order to let people have that stimulus check. That way they can pay their bills and, and you know, get a little bit of relief uh, during this difficult time. So the IRS essentially put a hold on trying to collect any money or trying to become more aggressive uh, 
when coronavirus started uh, sort of last March, March of 2020. And now uh, since getting through this third stimulus payment, the IRS has been challenged yet again. Listen, uh, we've paid over $6 trillion out in uh, coronavirus aid. Uh, we need to start collecting some of the money back uh, that they have put a hold on for the past year. I expect literally in the next two weeks uh, that the IRS is going to turn the spigot back on, like you said earlier, mm -hmm. and open the automated liens, open the automated levy system and become more aggressive uh, over the next several months. So that sounds like a for some people, uh, not a fun situation. Did what's from your experience? Do people who have tax problems um, are they in? Are they aware that they're coming, or are they maybe not aware that they've got this kind of brewing in the background? You know, most people when they see that letter from the IRS at their mailbox, they just you know sort of gasp and then they put it at the back of the rest of their junk mail and they throw it on the table and they're like, okay, out of sight, out of mind. I don't want to think about it. <laughs> I just want to leave and hopefully it will go away. You know, uh, a lot of people just essentially try to act like it's not there, but you know, that's definitely not the right approach. Um, and then some people know that it's been there for a long time. So, uh, you know, the IRS has not been aggressively pursuing people in the last year. So, uh, you know, I think that they're going to come with a new fire or fervency than, than what they've had in the past, uh, strictly because they've had so much time off that, you know, they're going to sort of chomping at the bit to get back at collections. Yeah. And they're spending some money. So they've, they've got to, they've got to get some back. <laughs> got to got to get these bills paid well so as people receive a letter by the way i did receive a letter from the irs one time it was actually some sort of glitch with something i don't even know how it happened but they say i owed a lot of money and i actually didn't but i was a little shocked and stunned and didn't even know how to reply to it. I mean, you, um, you mean to tell me, Kenny, that the IRS was actually wrong on an occasion? <laughs> what? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was just out of the blue. It was about a decade ago. So I got that letter and, and it was a, at least a, a five figure. Oh, and I was like, what are you talking about? Um, I don't even know what you're talking about. And and after you picked your heart up off of the floor, you know, <laughs> um, because that's the dreaded letter that everybody does not want to get from the IRS. Mm -hmm. um, the, the next step that you had was, can I call them? Can, can I try to fix this in some manner? You had one of two, one of two choices. Your, your first thought was, can I call them and get this straightened out? Or uh, if I do nothing, will it go away? Um, you would really be surprised at how many people, you know, show up to a meeting and say, well, here's the stack of envelopes I haven't opened yet. Oh my gosh. And like, really? Are you, are you kidding me? I mean, some practitioners have what they call, they used to have something called a, a letter opening ceremony, you know, when people used to go to your office before COVID, but you know, um, 
the, the first thought is, do I want to fix this or is it going to go away on its own? So I imagine you were proactive and you called them and, and they said at the end of the day, this is a mistake and we'll fix it. Um, or you had to become proactive and fix it yourself. That's the approach that should be taken uh, because understand that the IRS, they deal with people that don't respond all the time. And today you see that happened 10 years ago. So you probably picked the phone up and in 20 minutes you had somebody on the phone. Today, the IRS only answers 24% of their phone calls. That sounds awful. (laughs) It sounds horrible. And, and not only that, but you've been on what you call them and you're on wait, you're on wait, you're on wait. And then there's a, this wonderful thing called a courtesy disconnect. Now, a courtesy disconnect. What does that sound like to you? Of course, so, it is exactly what it sounds like. So they disconnect you. And oh, by the way, it was their courtesy to do so. Why? Um, thank you. It reminds me of a bank that happens to be in America and their customer <laughs> service, which I won't mention by name, but... <laughs> But I mean, but that's but that's the that's the problems that the IRS is having right now. Um, they can't answer all the phone calls that are coming in because, you know, they're understaffed. Um, they have been on hold from collections in quite a while. Their systems are antiquated so far as their computer systems go. I mean, they had to jump through hoops in order to get a lot of these people on a remote basis. Uh, even to be able to come in and remote into their computers because everything was so antiquated, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, coronavirus has been a very, very difficult time for the IRS to transition, but, you know, they're on the other side of that now. So now they've, we, we get an understanding. You, you say be proactive, but... What, what if you're in, in a real jam? Like what, I know you, you help people work with the IRS and get things resolved. H- how does that come into play? How, how do you know you can even get help? So there's, there's two questions that I always want to ask anybody that, that calls me. Number one, do you owe it? Uh, so were you audited and did the IRS say you owe extra money because of X, Y, Z? whatever reason, right? Do you owe it? Or number two, can you pay it? Okay. I, I actually did owe them $15,000, but I didn't have $15,000 to pay them. Right. So those are the first questions. Do I, do I owe it or can I pay it? Once I know that, then I know sort of the pathway to, to help them. And, you know, we customize all the approaches for each one of our clients because everybody has a different situation. Right. So if you find yourself in a jam, number one, make sure you respond. The IRS is going to be very difficult to deal with if you don't respond. They are trying to open the lanes of communication. Communication is difficult, however, because they don't answer the phone. So worst case scenario, you need to write them a letter. Old school. You know what? I think that makes a lot of sense. And I'll, <laughs> I, I, I could see that how, you know, we get inundated with a lot of communications. We're very busy people. And then when you have like this problem that you don't even really want to acknowledge, it's, it's kind of like going to the doctor, right? 
if you got something going on, it's like, ah, I really don't want to go and get it checked out because ignorance is sometimes makes me feel better. Even though that's horrible logic, it's, it's how we can kind of operate sometimes. Ignorance is bliss, right? Right. And until, until you get stopped and the trooper's like, well, I don't really care that you didn't know that it was a 35 mile an hour speed limit. You were traveling 80. So ignorance doesn't help you do anything there uh, at all. You're still getting the ticket or you're going to, you know, get put under the jail. So for, let's say there's, let's talk a couple scenarios. Your questions, your two questions, and I like them, keeping it simple. So in one case, let's say I don't owe the money. And that, that for, that question is important. If you don't believe you owe the money, second question is, is a little less important, but so some, somebody who's like, I don't know what they're talking about. I don't think this is legit. I don't believe I owe them. What, what, what advice would you have for someone who's in those shoes? So we need to prove, and it is your burden of proof that you do not owe them. So the burden mm -hmm. of proof falls on you. Um, and you need to prove whatever it is they're saying that you owe that you don't. So you do that in an organized fashion and you respond to them timely and you get back to them and you say, this is why I don't owe it. And you explain it to them in a very simple manner. Remember, uh, most people um, need you to respond to them in a very simple manner in order for them to understand it. Make it so that your um, response is organized in a way that, um, you know, even even an eighth grader can understand it. And I'm not saying that they're, you know, um, ignorant or anything like that. I'm just saying the easier you can make someone else understand your position, the better it is for you. That makes sense. So now I will say, all right, yes, I do owe this money, but I don't have the money. Now, now what, what's my best action there? So if you don't have the money there again, make sure you're in contact with the IRS and say, listen, IRS, uh, I don't have this money. What can I do to start making payments on it? Or what can I do in order to ensure that you don't you know, seize my stuff or try to garnish my wage or try to freeze a bank account or something of that nature? You know what I mean? And for, for the people that say, I do owe it, I do have the money, but I, I don't know if I want to pay it. I don't want to pay the IRS. They, they get enough money. I don't want to give them my money. Is there any way, what, what advice would you have for them? Well, I mean, nobody wants to give the IRS all their money. I mean, I mean, that's sort of an oxymoron in and of itself, you know, nobody wants to pay the IRS, but I mean, if you owe it, you should. Mm -hmm. um, if you can't, if you're on hard times, there are ways in order for you not to pay. Um, I had a client that, um, you know, he did really well made a lot of money in construction. And then uh, he had a gambling problem and he was rolling uh, high there for a little while and he lost all of his money. Well, that's not a big deal for somebody that makes a lot of money, right? Until he had an automobile accident and became disabled. Oh. So life changes happened. So now he owes $372,000 to the IRS. He's disabled. He was making a lot of money in order to pay the taxes and now he's not. So because his situation changed and because he doesn't have an ability to pay, 
we were able to set him up on a payment plan that he could live with. So ultimately we said, okay, we know that you owe $372,000. We're going to put you on a payment plan where you can pay $154 a month. Okay. $154 a month. That's $1,800 a year, right? There's absolutely no way that you're going to pay that off inside the statute of limitations. So that's one of the things that we do to help someone reduce the amount that they owe. It's one of the strategies. And it really depends on your situation as to what strategy you would need to use. When would someone be a good candidate to reach out to uh, like a tax resolution service? So number one, if you don't think that you owe it, and it's quite a bit of money. You know, if it's $3,000 or something really, really small and the IRS says that you owe it and you don't have receipts, listen, you know, you're sort of in trouble. Um, but if it's a large number, then you may want to seek someone to ask for their professional advice of what is the next step for you to take. You know, if, the, if you find yourself in a place where you can't afford to pay the IRS uh, because not because of anything that you've done. Let's say a divorce happens or, you know, um, a loved one passes away or something like that. And that's really, Kenny, that's really what happens to a lot of my clients is they're really, really great people mm -hmm. that had a, a terrible situation happen to, you know, just like the gentleman that was in the automobile accident. He, he didn't know he was doing really, really well and providing for his family. Next thing you know, wakes up in the hospital. So if you find yourself in a position where you can't afford to pay them, definitely you should reach out to a professional. Can, can the IRS seize assets like cars or homes or retirement accounts? Absolutely. Yes, they can. Talked to a gentleman two days ago. The IRS seized 300 and some odd thousand dollars from his 401k. <laughs> and you want to know why? because he did not respond and it takes a long time for that to not happen. You know, it took a lot, took several years for him not to respond. And then the IRS said, well, we're going to wake you up. And so they seized the money in his 401k. We can't just ignore this. We've got to do something. You're not coming to the conversation. You're not trying to work out anything. So you're leaving but, us pretty much no choice. So they're going to, like my daddy used to say when I would do something uh, bad, my dad would say, listen, son, I'm going to have to encourage you. Now, for me, growing up in a little bitty farm town in Alabama, encouragement for me meant it was it was not going to be a good night for me. <laughs> <laughs> it meant that I was getting a whooping, right? So, uh, and that's what the IRS does. The IRS has um, some tactics that they put in place in order to encourage people to come to the table to talk. Man, it now you've heard sometimes some of these, they go on shows uh, where they're, they're telling their IRS horror stories. Uh, are these pretty accurate? Or are these rare cases just kind of getting magnified? What do you think? Um, so everybody has heard the sayings, oh, we'll settle your IRS debt for pennies on the dollar, you know, those kind of things. And that's probably what you're talking about. Um, you have to be in a very bad circumstance in order to qualify for those rules. Okay. Um, only 38% of the people that apply for uh, a negotiation with the IRS to lower their debt 
are approved. Okay, only 38%. There's a reason why it's so low because uh, somebody says, well, I can't afford to pay the IRS. Well, the IRS is going to look at your assets. They're going to look at your liabilities. They're going to look at how much money you're making or not making or have the ability to make. You know, if you were a doctor, let's say you owed a million dollars to the IRS and you were a doctor and you said, well, I'm just going to go work at, you know, as a grocery store clerk for a year and then I can get all this taxes written off. No, it, <laughs> it doesn't work that way. Nice try, doctor. <laughs> Right. Excellent. So um, this has actually been really helpful. And, and like we said initially, um, life happens, you know, situations happen. And you may think as I started thinking about when we got on this call, you know, I pay my taxes. This is not an issue for me, but life happens. And sometimes the unexpected things can turn your situation and throw you into a, a, a bad situation. We had a pandemic and I know that's, that's hurt a lot of businesses and, and got them backed up. So you might need some help. And as things get back to normal and the IRS gets back in its groove, you want to be aware of these things and you want to, you know, put out the fire. What's small, you know, that's the main message I'm getting. This golden message I'm getting today <laughs> is you know take care of the situation you it'll be worth it to be proactive about it so for ben if if people are listening in and they're like actually i have this challenge and i haven't dealt with it and i, I could use some guidance um where could they learn more about you and in, in, in your in your business certainly i mean you can check us out at irstroublesolvers.com mm-hmm uh, you can send me an email at ben at irstroublesolvers.com uh, as well, or you can give us a call at 1-888-4-IRS-LAW. I love it. Um, making things happen, and I appreciate that. Uh, as, a, as a final parting thought for Growth Amplifiers, um, what is something that you've learned on your journey as a business owner that might be helpful for s someone else who is on their journey. Uh, an item of wisdom. It doesn't have to be tax related, just something that you've learned that you'd want to share. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, mindset for me has always been a big key and understanding your worth and understanding the value that you have, you know, whomever you are, uh, whatever it is that you do, you have a valuable service or a valuable product for someone else. Make sure that you know that you have a valuable product. Make sure that you value your product and your mindset is in the right place. You know, um, that was a big thing for, for me, definitely. So um, I definitely think that making sure your mindset is in the right place. And if it's not, it's OK. Uh, tomorrow is a brand new day for you. Get it in the right place. Um, and what does that right place look like? Look, success and wealth is defined by you. It's not defined by how other people compare you to others. You know, if we all compared ourselves to Jeff Bezos, then we <laughs> nobody would have anything. Right. But, you know, don't compare. Don't think that you should be somewhere else. Just because someone has done it faster than you, that doesn't mean anything. Uh, know your worth, know your value. Thank you, Ben. I appreciate you and 
your contribution to Growth Amplifiers. It's been great to have you on. Thank you so much. To show your support, take a moment to amplify this message by sharing it online. To connect with me or gain more business growth insights, visit www.growthamplifiers.com. Thank you for your support.